Hello, everyone. Hello, Mikan. Hello, Annabelle. Hello, everyone. I'm glad we're back together. It's been a long time we haven't done a discussion, the two of us. Indeed, indeed. Summer's gone by. Yes. So I came up with a subject for today because the more I quiet down and been able to observe my thoughts, and I've noticed that I'm constantly comparing myself to others, it's done automatically. I would like to switch it off, but it's, it's just coming up and up, and that's the kind of thoughts that pop up in my mind. Even sometimes, it, it just doesn't make sense at all. Um, because some people have very different lives than I, I do. It doesn't make sense to compare. I tend to compare myself with people with no kids, with plenty of time for themselves. So <laughs> it creates all sorts of feelings within me that I have to deal with. It's funny because uh, you and I come from the corporate world and I personally have done many competitive market analysis. And I've been trained, like, it's always good to compare yourself, your position, your product, your company, business or whatever, to your competitors, to the market and maybe to customer needs. Somehow we are trained to compare ourselves with others. And then recently, I've listened to another video of Simon Sinek. He's uh, my husband's favorite speaker. So I've listened to many of his uh, YouTube channel and videos. But um, he's speaking about the infinite game. And basically, he, he speaks about the difference when you're playing a finite game and a player playing an infinite game. And... The difference is the one playing a finite games is trying to win. So he's, he's comparing to his peers and usually the, the best of the market is trying to be number one. But the infinite player is trying to stay in the game. He's not comparing itself to others, but he's trying to do the best he can do at some point in time because that, that of course, evolves. And I was thinking about that, and I, I put this relatively to spirituality. When we compare ourselves to others, we tend to amplify the ego, either by being inferior or superior to others. But when we're actually playing the infinite game, or I would say the divine game, we tend to be more conscious every day. And if we fail, we try again and try to do better. So why do you think we, we compare ourselves to others? And um, what are we resisting, basically? Why are we doing that to us? In this world, it's perfectly normal to compare things to each other because there's an I that perceives the world around us. I'm aware of what I'm looking at. I'm aware of what I'm feeling. I'm aware of what I'm sensing. I'm aware or can be aware of what I'm thinking. And in the world around me, there's all of these wonderful things to see and taste and feel and experience in different ways. And so, you know, you start comparing. Oh, the, the tree is not a car. Okay, great. So, but within the, my concept of tree, hang on, there's different types of trees. This one's bigger and this one's smaller and this one has green leaves and the colors of these, this tree are slightly different and the shapes of the, the leaves are slightly different. 
and you do the same thing to people and circumstances and notions and you know it's perfectly natural for that to be to to involve into what you know can be perceived as some type of competition okay but if this is different than that and i attach value to it because that's the second step right i attach value to having a certain type of difference let's call it more then that's what you start striving for so that's what you experience and it's perfectly normal to have that here on earth now indeed there is this concept of wanting or desiring something uh, and it's opposite the not wanting or not desiring or actually not wanting it for a reason such as being afraid of it and those types of concepts can occupy us for a long long time and they can dominate our lives if we are not aware of that and it progresses so let's say you have a tendency to want more more money for example then you start striving for more money and you will keep striving for more money until for some reason it's enough for you so either you have enough money and you're content with it or you sort of grow tired of a concept of more and more money and then you don't need that concept anymore and it sort of fades from your life it doesn't mean you lose your money it just means you lose your desire to make more money so it really is a question of conscious awareness of what's driving your actions and the more you are aware of what's driving your actions the easier it is to consciously become at peace with that or do something with it now let's take it to the next level right because we were talking about people that were in the game and that were slowly getting ready to get out of the game or stuck we're stuck in a finite game as you said and we're ready to be in the infinite game yes that's the comparison that's the example the business from the business world that i used like let's say now because uh, we are in the in water so we are becoming more aware we <laughs> understand we are in a finite game and we want to switch to the infinite game we want to be an infinite player so my understanding from your answer is because we perceive different things then we can start to add value to have the sticker judgment uh, plus or minus good or bad and we are we become aware of uh, what we perceive as outside of us and how we value compare ourselves to, to the rest of this and then also we tend to have more focus on one thing than others because we desire we have some desire or we want to avoid some situation that makes this come up more than the rest of the the things or people we we tend to perceive Mm -hmm. um, so let's say we are at this stage and we want to switch. Switch to? The infinite game, where we, we drop those, where you say we, we, we run out, for example, we no longer desire for money, we um, run out of this concept. Either we have enough and we're content with it, but I, I found, at least in my experience, in my client's experience, that we come to a point where we're content with where we are without any work it's it's almost a miracle i haven't seen that so let's say we we come 
to the, the moment where we understand this is a cycle and uh, we're ready to get outside of this cycle and to drop the, con the concept from there, how we can switch to an infinite game. So the, the finite has to be part of the infinite. Yes? Yes. Because if it's not infinite, then it would be finite. So the only way to get out of it is to become aware that you are that infinite being, game, whatever you want to call it. It's a shift in perspective. Even wanting to get out of the finite game means you're stuck in the finite game because you want something. And wanting yes. is a characteristic of the finite game. So, well, you, you embrace the fact that you want to get out of the finite game. You cease having resistance to wanting it. But you realize it's just wanting. You become aware that you have this wanting, or not even have this wanting, you're aware of this wanting. So you don't push it away. You accept it for how you perceive it. You don't struggle with it. You lovingly accept even the, that part of the finite game as part of you, yourself, your experience, your awareness. And then it sort of ceases to have importance. And the reason it ceases to have importance is you cease putting your awareness, which in effect is a form of energy, into that thing because we put our focus on being the infinite player for example what you, what you actually do is you stop focusing yes if from the infinite you focus then there's the perception of a thing to focus on which brings you back into the finite game i see i've heard dr david alkin saying that once you're aware of the presence within us or the observer or the self, then you have to retain some of your attention on it all the time. So you're never, if for some reason an experience gets some of your attention, it no longer gets the full attention and you can remain in the infinite game. So, I mean, interestingly, you're never out of the infinite game. And indeed, it's it is worthwhile practicing. It's like if you catch yourself, oh, I'm so stuck in the game now. It's like, oh, I want this so badly. And you're like, oh, hang on a minute. What is that, that wanting something so badly? At that moment that you catch yourself, you're already out of the game. If your underlying intention is to experience awareness as the presence, as being, as this infinite field of potential, and you are willing to take steps to address whatever from your perspective is in the way of that, then you'll get there in due course. So the type of conversation we're having now where you're saying, how do I get out? And then I say by realizing that you want to get out. <laughs> because by doing that, the thing that was subconsciously present, the desire to get out, becomes consciously present in your awareness. And as a result of that, you no longer fight that. It's, it no longer continues to obtain your subconscious awareness. No, you're consciously aware of it. The thing, the desire to be liberated is consciously experienced. You don't struggle with it anymore. It's embraced as part of you. 
And because it's part of you, it's no longer seen as separate from you. And therefore, it's not something that needs to get extra attention or get extra energy or be pushed away from you. There's no longer these value judgments about the desire to be liberated. It's just become part of you. And it sort of fades from your existence because the thing, the desire, has been recognized for what it was, a desire for liberation in that case. So once the desire has been accepted for what it is, just a desire as part of you, you're the awareness of that desire. You've sort of by embracing it, by fully becoming aware of it, the separation that was there before between a perceived you and a perceived desire that you had, the difference is gone. Integrated back to the infinite. Yes. It's like it popped up in this infinite field of energy as something that looked like something separate. But then it was recognized, hey, hang on, I'm aware of this thing. It's actually a part of me. It's okay that that's a part of me. It's been experienced as this desire. And all of a sudden, it seems to be gone. So things seem to arise in this infinite field, in this infinite game. And then they seem to fade away in this infinite field, in this infinite game. And all of this is experienced by you as the infinite field, as the presence. And once you are committed to becoming that, that which you already are, but don't consciously realize when you're in a body on earth, oftentimes, once you're committed to doing that, you'll get there. And anything that makes you cling to, some people call it duality, right? A a you and an I, black and a white differences. Anytime you attach value to those differences, good or bad, you're stuck in the game. And being stuck in the game is not a bad thing. It's just what is, because you've decided, subconsciously, generally, to put your attention on noticing differences and attaching value to those. So whenever you notice a difference, you and you embrace it fully, you accept it fully, you cease resistance to it, you become one with it, and it fades into wherever it was that it came from. An alternative way to do that is how David Hawkins describes it, is you become aware of that thing, right? that tendency you may have, the desire to have more or better. As soon as you become aware of it, you surrender it in his words, to God. Yes. If you become addicted to surrendering things, you're going to find an endless stream of things to surrender to God. So even that concept of needing to surrender something to God at some point needs to be surrendered to God. <laughs> yes. It's like getting rid of patterns. Like it's, it yeah, never ends. if you're ends. looking for patterns, you're going to find patterns. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Keep finding them. Yes. It's funny because I'm, At the beginning, when I wrote the script, I was looking at very um, day-to-day example of how we compare ourselves to others or different situations. Like, for example, I'm I'm currently based in Hong Kong and I'm with young kids. So we're probably on this planet at this moment, the only one with three weeks quarantine and cannot travel. So that's the way I compare myself with others or other situations. Not that I, it's to be complained about because very safe and we have no problem with COVID whatsoever here. But it's, you know, oh, you can travel, you can visit your family where we cannot. <laughs> but actually, with your answer, I realized that even in spiritual world, uh, we can 
keep comparing ourselves to others like oh this person has a higher level of consciousness or is able to be more conscious which actually we cannot actually check and know about it but um the momentum of comparing ourselves to others is almost continuous regardless of why we compare ourselves to others it was in the business field it was in in a private field, in the spiritual field, it's almost uh, all the time. So, so I, wouldn't, I wouldn't strive to stop comparing myself to others. Because if you want to stop comparing yourself to others, you're stuck in you're the You're going to get you're, more of it. You're, yeah. you're putting energy into wanting something. The wanting of the something is stopping comparing yourself to others. So you're going to keep wanting stopping yeah. comparing yourself to others which means you're going to keep comparing yourself to others so the the almost trick is to notice that you have a tendency to compare yourself to others and to be okay with the tendency that you have and be conscious of that and staying in being and from being we become aware of this pattern this uh, momentum going on and accept it uh, lovingly accepting it, if we can go up there. And once this is accepted, we become one with it. And this part of the finite gate, which has always been part of the infinite game, is integrated. Yes. Now, Consciously. There, it's there, never there been separated. There, that's absolutely right. There are several ways in which you can deal with the thing that you've noticed. You can surrender it to God. Basically, you have faith in God and you surrender it to him and it's dealt with. You can lovingly accept it. Path of love, absolutely fine. Or you can you know, follow the path of power and know that it's okay for that to go. So you basically tell it that you don't require it anymore and it goes. Yes, that's the, the three way, the wisdom, love and power that you already addressed. Um, when I use the power way, I usually say, I am the presence, letting this go, for example. Um, love fine. is coming from the feeling uh, that it's fine, that the situation of whatever we're talking about is fine. And faith is surrendering part to God. So all three have, you know, sort of takes, different takes on the same thing, right? So investigate the power option. It takes a certain amount of power, right? Okay, go. Yes, but, willpower, yeah. But there's no judgment of the thing that you are letting go, right? Yes, there's no force. We are no, not there's no want force. to That's get okay. rid of it. Yeah, you don't want to get rid of it, so you accept it, which is a form of love. And there is an aspect of wisdom in there because you know it's okay for you to do this. If deep down you sensed it was wrong for you to do it, it would be much more difficult. Yes, and I would not do it, obviously. No. So, so the way of power has elements of love and wisdom in it. Same thing for the way of love. It has elements of power because you know that it's okay to lovingly connect to that. And by ceasing resistance to it, there's no more force applied. But the conviction, the inner conviction that it's okay to connect yourself lovingly to something, that's very powerful. It's like, no, regardless of what you say or do, I lovingly con connect myself to that thing. 
And you know that it's okay for you to do that. There's no doubt that it's okay for you to do that. So there's an element of wisdom. And the same thing with having faith in God and surrendering that thing to God. You know God has the power. And you know God is connected to you because otherwise surrendering the thing to God would make no sense at all. So he has to be connected in order for it to be you know, removed. Yes, absolutely. So, so, it's so what I call the, the presence or the observer. It. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pick whatever one suits your tendency or character or whatever you want to call it. But in essence, they all have elements of the same thing, which obviously has to be true looking at it from the perspective of the infinite presence, because it's all the infinite presence. I feel that this momentum, this process of comparing ourselves to others comes from the search of something. And for a very long time, it was success, it was recognition, it was love, and then it became peace and contentment slash happiness, or even awareness in the sense that the truth, but it it was a process that pushed us to look outward, to, to look for answers. But once we embrace this infinite um, presence and become a player of the infinite game, we are no longer looking for anything. Mm-hmm. We're just being. Mm-hmm. Okay. Being, but still perceiving, but no longer attaching value to those perception. Because that doesn't stop. Experience do not stop. Awareness does not stop. Correct. Well, okay. I see what you mean. Experience don't stop, at least for now, when we are living this life and experiencing what we experience, experience carries on. See, experience suggests there's something to something to experience. Even the word awareness is sort of, well, if I'm aware of something, you have to be aware of something. From the perspective of the infinite field, the something is part of the infinite field, so it's not separate from the field. That's why I'm sort of hesitant to confirm your statement. I understand. But yeah, so yeah, looking at this from the perspective of being on Earth and being born in a body and uh, looking at the world, looking at the world the way most people look at the world, it's perfectly normal to categorize and attach value, and all of those things are things you can become aware of. And if it is your intention to become aware of who you are what it is that effectively is aware of your life experiences, then that is what you will be. And that is the path to awakening, ultimately. It can be. It can be. I mean, one could assume that upon death, if there is awareness, then the awareness would be expanded because you're no no longer limited by the body senses. So awakening, if that's the case, awakening is bound to occur. But awakening can be perceived to be the awareness of whatever it is that's going on for you. So for some for some people, that might be very physical things. For some people, that might be emotional things. For some people, it might be rational things. For other people, it might be a combination. For some people, it might be more spiritual things, like who is it that's aware of all of this stuff going on in my life? <laughs> and then the awareness sort of starts to shift indeed to the recognition of what you are. What is it that is aware 
and then this at some point you stop saying i'm aware of this thing going on in my life you start progressing towards i'm aware and then that distinction starts to fade and there's what remains is not even i am it's just sort of being i but it's not the identification that people have with i am a body with thoughts and feelings no your perspective of what i is changes as a result of this investigation learning so maybe you condensed what you are into something that perceives the body and perceives thoughts and perceives feelings and maybe your desire for spiritual awakening was planted there by what you really are and therefore you aim for it and therefore your intention is set and therefore that's what you're going to experience so if that's the case then it's a circle right you go down and you go up you go down because presence whatever created that commanded that i don't know how that works specifically and you seem to go back up by the power of your intention but maybe secretly it was that bigger you that put that intention there in the first place it's basically giving a you know perceived control and what i find is the more one gives up these desire for control at least the more peace one experiences yes it's true that when i for some time have no specific desire wanting or goal i'm actually uh, very peaceful very mm-hmm. content so part Thank of the you. homework that you do as as you know as part of this journey is cleaning up yes right if you're stuck in certain patterns that are difficult for you to see beyond and they keep recurring and perhaps they keep recurring in stronger and stronger ways then it's worthwhile investigating that it creates a little bit of space I, the way I see it is you have two types of work, and I still see it as separated. Is One is the clinging up, letting go of all that we are not, the netinity process, the patterns. And one is, which is possible with thanks to all the cleanup, is being like more conscious of all that there is. So the more cleaning you do, then the easier it becomes and the more you spot stuff that are, I don't want to say lighter, but it's, um, it's not subtler. heavy pattern. Yeah, it's subtler. That's a very good word. I'm going to use it. <laughs> it definitely is. And that's it's kind of a go back and forth, a see-so kind of work. And it's uh, it balances itself out. For sometimes you think, oh, I must have done a very good cleaning because there is no pattern coming up. And then you are in a very nice position where you enjoy peace, contentment with the absence of goal. And then it's almost like a cycle. It comes back and you have more patterns to deal with, even if they are more subtle, they're still there. And it's a gentle dance. Infinite things to experience here. (laughs) It is indeed. Thank you, Miken. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. This series comes to an end. You can find more information on the type of work that Mikan and I do. We're here to help you. Give it a try. Uh, contact us. Uh, we can do a phone call, a video call. Uh, if you have any question, it doesn't have to be 
that deep and spiritual, it can be really down to earth something, a problem that you're facing and you don't know how to deal with it. You can contact Mikan on iammikan.com or you can contact me on theinwaters.com and we're really available for you. Right, Mikan? Indeed. Indeed. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, if you want to help us to create more content, then please subscribe, follow, share, like, comment, whatever. That is very much appreciated. And you can also follow the post on my LinkedIn profile. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.